Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. Today is the second quarter 2023 Von Nelson Emerging Markets Recap Call. And with me today are portfolio managers, Marco Priani and Kevin Ross. And with that, Marco, Kevin, I will turn things over to you. Kevin, the second quarter was certainly an eventful quarter. What are the things you would highlight for the listeners? Thank you, Marco. It is clear to us that global growth continues to slow as the impact of aggressive interest rate increases has impacted economic activity. The manufacturing and export sectors in particular have been suffering the most and are more than likely already in recession. We see that in the PMIs published monthly from China and the monthly exports data from Korea and Taiwan. Despite the sluggish economic backdrop, the equity markets performed very strongly during the second quarter, which was supported by plentiful liquidity and the market's perception that we are close to an end of the interest rate hikes, particularly in the U.S. We are seeing continued liquidity injections by the major non-U.S. central banks and the U.S. Federal Reserve's reverse repo facility. This flood of liquidity has boosted equity markets and reduced fixed income volatility. The mixed economic picture has created significant divergences within both both sectors and countries in our emerging market universe. Evidencing this, if you look at returns for the top performing countries in EM during the quarter, we had Brazil, which increased by 27%, Greece by 26%, Poland by 23%, and India by 19%, which are extremely strong returns in a short window of time. We'll discuss later some more specific details as to what was driving these strong returns. On the flip side, Hong Kong was down 13% during the second quarter, Thailand was down 12, Turkey was down 12, and mainland China was down 10. From a sector sector perspective, the notable outperformer during the quarter was information technology, which increased 11%, being supported by the country performance of Taiwan and to a lesser extent, Korea. Technology companies with exposure to the AI supply chain, including such areas as memory, PCB, copper-clad laminate, and AI servers, as well as early cycle semiconductor companies performed the best during the quarter. From our perspective, it seems that investors are positioning for a rebound in the semiconductor and IT cycle looking into 2024, following adjustments and inventory destocking we have seen through most of 22 and into the first half of this year. Our portfolio benefited from this dynamic during the quarter as Taiwan was a strong performer. Marco, can you tell us more about what's going on in Brazil that caused the market to perform so strongly during the second quarter and give us some comments on the outlook for the rest of the year? Yes, there are several exciting developments taking place in Brazil now. First, it's important to put into context the extent of the rate hikes that the country has experienced since the cycle began in August 2020, when the reference rate, the CELIC rate, hit a low of 2%. Currently, we are at a six-year high on the CELIC rate at 13.75%, with the central bank being on hold for the last several months. Annual inflation has fallen rapidly, uh, with the most recent reading in June showing 3.16% growth and prices falling on a month-over-month basis driven by lower food, beverage, and transportation costs. 
Current inflation is within the central bank targeted range of 175-475%, and that suggests that we should see the rate cutting cycle kick off during the second half of the year. In addition to the rapidly falling inflation, economic growth and activity in the first half of the year has been stronger than anticipated, with recently the uh, finance minister suggesting that they could raise their annual GDP outlook from its current 1.9% forecast. Stronger growth has been supported by a robust agricultural harvest, better services activity, and government programs supporting consumption and household incomes. Finally, the fiscal outlook in Brazil has improved with the proposed fiscal and tax reforms making progress in Congress. This has supported better performance of the currency this year. S&P also recently upgraded the sovereign credit rating citing better than expected economic data and the government emerging fiscal policy. As a result of these developments, the team has spent the past few months researching companies and uh, in the consumer discretionary and real estate sectors in Brazil where households have been squeezed from double-digit inflation, which is now coming back down and normalizing. Valuations for many of these companies are below historical average levels, and the companies exhibit strong organic growth opportunities from offline store growth and digital investment made in the last several years. Some examples of companies we have met with include low-income housing, athletic wear, women's and kids wear, and mass market jewelry. We are excited about the prospects for these sectors in the medium term. Kevin, can you tell us more what is uh, happening in China as uh, the reopening trade uh, seemed to fade during the second quarter? The team came into the year intrigued about the prospects for China as we felt the country was coming out of COVID lockdowns and had runway to enact fiscal and monetary policies to support economic growth. This is because inflation is running at low levels that are well within central bank targets and below most other developed and emerging countries. At the most recent reading, CPI was flat on a year-over-year basis, and the PPI was down 5.4%. The recovery did play out during the first quarter, but then hit stall speed in the second quarter, resulting from slowdown and sluggishness in the property market and a lack of confidence for businesses and consumers. In addition, the constraints of local government balance sheets has prevented them from ramping up infrastructure projects like we have seen in prior slowdowns in China. Looking ahead to the second quarter, the above sluggish data definitely will draw attention to central government, and we anticipate more measures to boost the economy. This could include, on the property side, measures such as removing purchase restrictions, particularly in lower-tier cities, lowering down payment requirements, reducing second mortgage rates, and prompting equity financing to support developers and increase affordability for home buyers. Turning to the monetary side, policymakers may implement a moderate rate cut to help stabilize confidence and support corporate and household sectors. This could positively impact balance sheets and stimulate demand. And then lastly, on the fiscal side, we could see allocations of additional government funding for special infrastructure construction projects, similar to the special issuance funds implemented last year. 
So overall, our view at this point is that while the first half performance in China has been disappointing, expectations are low enough and valuations are attractive enough on an absolute and relative basis to continue with our overweight position. The upcoming Politburo meeting could be an important catalyst, along with commentary from first half earnings that we'll start to get in August. Marco, can you talk a little bit more about the changes that the team made during the quarter and your general thoughts on the outlook? Uh, in relation to portfolio activities, this quarter we added six new companies and exited from nine companies. The additions primarily include category A companies, that is undervalued earnings growth companies in geographies such as India, Taiwan, Indonesia, and Korea. We added one category B company, undervalued assets type, in Brazil linked to the central bank rate cuts that we discussed. At this point in the cycle, the team does not yet see an inflection point upwards in global economic activity. However, it is clear that we are closer to peak interest rates from the Federal Reserve, which has supported the continued downdraft of the U.S. dollar, which is a material positive for the asset class. To cut, to cut interest rates or suspend quantitative tightening, the Federal Reserve will need a better line of sight to reach their 2% inflation target, which is not likely until 2024 at the earliest in our view. Until then, the team will continue to search for new opportunities of companies that can meet our 50% targeted returns over three years. We have several due diligence trips planned for the second half of the year to meet companies, and we are excited about the progress of the portfolio so far during the first half. We look forward to updating everyone next quarter. All right, Marco, Kevin, thank you very much for the insights on the quarter. Um, and with that, we'll move to returns in the second quarter of 2023. The Von Nelson Emerging Market Strategy returned 3.94% gross, 3.66% net versus the MSCI Emerging Markets Mid-Cap Index at 4.48%, which brings a year-to-date return to 9.43% gross, 8.84% net versus the MSCI Emerging Markets Mid-Cap Index at 8.05. The one-year number for the Von Nelson Emerging Market Strategy is 15.44% gross, 14.19% net, and the MSCI Emerging Markets Mid-Cap Index is at 10.1%. The three-year number for the Von Nelson Emerging Markets Gross is 12.93, 11.71 net, and that is versus the MSCI Emerging Markets Mid-Cap Index at 9.91. Five-year return is 4.34% gross, 3.14% net. The MSCI Emerging Markets Mid-Cap Index is 3.26. And finally, uh, since inception, the Von Nelson Emerging Markets strategy has returned 4.28% gross, 3% even net, and 3.1% for the MSCI Emerging Markets Mid-Cap Index. And with that, uh, that's a wrap on the quarter. And Marco, Kevin, we will look forward to seeing you after the third. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information 
opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws. Securities discussed within this podcast may be held in the Von Nelson Strategies.